Thank you for the fact that my sin has been nailed to the cross, and because of what your son Jesus Christ did, um, I'm free. And by accepting that gift of the payment of my sin, the guilt has been removed, the sin has been dealt with, and I can stand before my Creator, my Heavenly Father, and I can be seen as perfect through Jesus Christ. Thank you for that. Thank you that because of what Christ did, I have the power of the Holy Spirit at my disposal. Thank you for the work of your Spirit in my heart and my life each and every day. Father, in the next few moments as we, as we talk about the ministry of the Spirit, as we understand the fact that the Holy Spirit is our helper, that He is with us, that He desires to encourage our hearts, to lift us up, to grant us the strength that we need, I pray that we would see you, we would understand how much you care for us. Thank you for your word and the power that's found in it. I pray that it would touch our hearts and change us to be better servants of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen. Glad that you are here with us this morning. 20 weeks in a row is amazing. Uh, That does not happen in Maine, and we know that it's only God. There's no other way that that could happen. Uh, And we are so thankful that God has granted us this place to be together this morning, to spend time together. And next week, we are going to try to be um, up at the coal frame. And like uh, Mike was saying this morning in announcements, there's tons of room, lots of lots of place to spread out. Uh, we're also going to run the FM channel for those of you who would like to sit in your cars. It will be a bit different. You'll be looking through gla- uh, kind of plexiglass. So what you see may not be quite as clear, which may not be a bad thing. Um, but, uh, but we will run the FM and we'll still be doing our live feed as well for you, uh, next week as we head down that road for the next little while. We're also getting ready to start our rooted campaign. You've heard some about that, which I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but we don't have a physical meeting place. Um, I, I, I didn't know if you just thought maybe we were doing this cause we love the fairground. I mean, we do enjoy it, but we're, uh, we're asking God uh, to lead and guide us uh, to the next steps for us as a church and where he would have us. And uh, we are aiming toward purchasing a building, but that may not be what God has, and we're open for that. Uh, we want to be well aware of, of God's leading and his direction, and so that's part of what this Rooted campaign is. We're asking God to touch our hearts, to guide us, that his spirit would have control, and uh, we're we're, we're kind of asking God, how do we best serve this community, and what does that look like? And so the next five weeks together, uh, that's what we're going to be studying. We're going to ask God, how do we do that, and how do we do it well? So we're asking that you engage with us over the next five weeks as we try to do that. This week, um, I want to spend the next few moments before we celebrate communion together talking about the fact that as Christ followers, uh, we have a helper. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life that I need a helper. Um, There are times in my life when I need a lot of help. If you know me very well, you may say, Tim, you need a lot of help all the time. And that is not far off either. Before we look at this, I want to read this whole passage of Scripture just through one time, and then I'm going to break it down for us. And it's found in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8. I'm going to start in verse 18 and read just 10 verses, 
And then I want to break this down for us. Let me read it. For I considered that the suffering of this present time were not worthy comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as, our, as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now in this hope we, are, we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope, because he who hopes for what he sees now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. Because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good. Or for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Now some of those verses may be familiar to you and this morning I want to talk to you about this passage of Scripture, and we won't have a chance to go through every part of this passage of Scripture, but I, I want to talk to you as Christ followers. If you're here this morning and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to talk to you specifically about your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you about the fact that as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a helper. You have someone who is there for you all of the time. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, if you're just checking out what a relationship with God looks like, then I need you to know something, that this helper is also available to you when you come to the place that you understand what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross, that he paid the price for your sin. He loved you so much before you knew who he was, that he was willing to die for you and pay for your sin and willing to offer you a gift of forgiveness. And it's free. It's free to anyone who would accept it. And the moment that we come to the place where we understand who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us, and we, we humble ourselves and we repent of our sin and we accept the gift of Christ's death on the cross and his payment for our sin, that moment, Scripture tells us, immediately the Holy Spirit comes and indwells or lives within us. Holy Spirit is one of the members of the Trinity, the Godhead. And the Holy Spirit comes and He indwells and He lives within us and He grants us the same power that Christ has. It's amazing. And it's given to us all the time. He is at our disposal all the time. He never leaves. 
And so this week I was reading this passage in Romans and, and it was an encouragement to my heart and, and I thought it was pretty timely in terms of the day and age we live in and I thought, hey, why don't I just try to be a little bit of an encouragement to our church body and so that's what I want to do. I want to share it with you this morning before we celebrate communion together. This week I was doing a hardwood floor and I planned to do the job myself and I'm a little bit stubborn and I can be a little bit foolish at times and I can be a little foolishly determined and sometimes I get it in my mind that I'm going to do a job alone and I'll just do it even if it kills me. And uh, this job I wanted to do in one day and I knew I had to paint the room before I did the hardwood floor and so I, I got there early and I got the paint and I started painting the room and I got the room all painted and I started the hardwood floor and I got it going. It was going really well. By the way, it's engineered hardwood if you ever get the chance to lay engineered hardwood versus the regular hardwood. Go with the engineered. It goes together so much better. It's wonderful. I love it. And I was doing this job and it's going along really well. And I was, I was doing well on the, on the job. And I, I wanted to be done that day. I wanted, I wanted to, to finish that part of the job. I have to set some cabinets. It's a kitchen. And, and i got to get ready for countertop. And so I wanted to finish that that day. And uh, working hard, going well. And mid-morning or toward the end of the morning, I got a phone call from someone who said, Hey, would you like me to come and, come and help? And, and often... I'm really stubborn, like I said, and sometimes foolishly determined that I'm going to do it myself. And I stopped for a moment, and actually it was a text, and I stopped for a moment, and I looked at how far I was, and I took a picture, and I sent the picture to the person of how far I was, because I was doing pretty good on the floor. And then I said, you know what, I'll, I'll take you up on the offer. I, I wouldn't mind your help. And so I almost said no, because I'm determined. Like I said, I'm foolishly determined. And I almost said no, but I love working with this person, and, and this person is, I, I love hanging out with this person, I like spending time with this person, and I knew this person was really busy, but at the same time, I knew that the help would be nice, and she was offering. It was my wife. And my wife often knows that I need help. <laughs> she knows I need a lot of help. And so I accepted her offer to come and help me. And because I accepted her offer, I got my work done quicker. I got to spend time with my favorite helper. I can't afford her, by the way, and she reminds me of that often, that when she works with me or for me, I can't really afford her. And so I've told this family they have to take a loan out to pay for her part. But anyway, but I got to work with my favorite helper, and I got to spend time with someone that I love and I enjoy working with, and we finished the job in a timely manner, and I enjoyed the time together, and actually, it brought joy to my heart and to my life. And that's what this passage of Scripture is actually talking about, is we're stubborn people. And as Christ followers, often we think that we will do it on our own and we are determined, we are foolishly determined to make our own way and to figure life out on our own. And I'm smart enough that I can figure this out and I'm determined enough and I've got enough energy and I've got enough strength and, and God, I can do this. And God goes, why? 
I'm texting, I'm calling, I've written a whole book that is offering you all the help in the world. Why? Why are you determined to do it on your own? He offers us a helper, the Holy Spirit, who will come alongside and bring joy in the middle of the difficulty, who will help us through the job of life, the journey of life, the difficulties of life, who will bring meaning, who will bring a, a, a sense of accomplishment and completeness to us. And often we don't take him up on the offer. When Paul writes this, passage of scripture he starts out with some knowns and these knowns are exactly the same for us today let me read it for you for i consider that the sufferings of this present time (laughs) anybody suffering at all anybody struggling at all hey go ahead be honest look every one of us are suffering in personal ways things that you never had to deal with you're dealing with Things that you never thought you would have to think about, you are at this point. The loss of freedom, the loss of mobility. Some of you, it's affected your job. Some of you, it's affected the people that you spend time in, time with. Some of you, it's, it's affected your trust. Some of it, you, it's affected your loved ones and the ability to spend time with your loved ones. Some of you, it's caused addictive behaviors to become real in your life that you were struggling with and you thought you had control of. But because of what's gone on in the last little while, they've spiraled out of control and you've lost your ability to to hold on some of you have lost loved ones physically some of you are dealing with suffering in forms that you never thought you would deal with and Paul knew that we're dealing with suffering not only on a personal level but within our community and things that we used to hang out and do have been fractured and pulled apart our political atmosphere is different than it's ever been before in this country and we're feeling it we're feeling the outflow of it and things that we thought were solid and secure are no longer that way at all the world we live in the population that that fills this world struggles with food and abuse it struggles with jobs it struggles with with the climate conditions that we face creation itself struggles And this passage of Scripture tells us that. Paul said this, For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's Son to be revealed. For creation was subjected to to this exact same thing as we are. Not willingly, but but because of Him who placed it there. And creation itself groans in pain, in labor pain, because of the suffering of mankind, because of man's sin. So not only are you personally suffering in your community and the world at large, but creation itself is under the same punishment as we are. Now, I don't know what that all means. I know that the world is in decay. I know that that the world we live in and, and all that God has created is in decline. I understand that. But I don't know what that looks like for, for creation itself. But God says that that's what's going on. We talk about climate change. We talk about all this stuff and the control that man has over it. But folks, we don't have that control because God said that's what was going to happen and that the earth would be affected by our sin and it groans. 
And because of our secular humanism, if you remember last week, we talked about the measure of man or man the measure, the fact that we think we control all things and we don't. And Paul says, look, I understand that you're in the middle of suffering and all of us are. In one way or another, we're suffering. And we as humanity and creation as a whole is waiting for the freedom that we know comes from Christ. And we groan in pain as we wait. Often we think, man, I wish I could snap my fingers and this would all go away. Everything that I face, but that's not the promise of God. He doesn't promise that. Paul says, hey, I know the suffering, it's here and it's going to stay. Until God's work is done. If you look at verses 23 to 25, even the believers groan. Look, it doesn't mean when you come to know Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden the suffering is lifted. Actually, I think it gets worse. Because I know better. I know what's going on. I see the pain that is caused by sin in my family's life and in, in the, my work, the people I work with in the community at large and the world at large. I see what's going on because of sin. But Scripture tells us this in Romans chapter 8, verses 23 to 25. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for adoption, the redemption of our body. Now in this hope we were saved, but hope that is not seen is not hope, because who hopes for what he sees? Now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait. For it with patience. In other words, what he's saying here is this that you and I, as Christ followers, if we've come to the place where we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we also groan with suffering and pain. It doesn't, it's not lifted because I, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He says this: you feel the weight of the pain. You feel the weight of the suffering. You feel the weight of the consequences of sin. I don't know about you, but as I watch the events unfold on TV and in the news or, 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 or I listen to it as people talk about it, you know what I feel? I feel sadness for mankind because of the result of sin. That's what I feel. I feel sadness for folks because they have no hope. As I read articles of how people are treating one another, I feel sadness because they don't know the one who gave all to offer them freedom and forgiveness. And that's what this passage says. Paul says this, look, the world as a whole is suffering and groaning. Creation is suffering and groaning because of sin. But even those of us who are Christ followers, who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, feel the pain and the weight of the consequence of sin. And often in my life, I want God to just, just remove that. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I wish that I could be somewhere. I, I've actually sought it sat and thought at times, where could I go where this isn't? Have you ever done that? You ever played the game, right? Where could I? My answer was, for years, was always New Zealand. But you know what? 
That's not the answer. For years, my answer was this. If I had a 1,000 acres and I put a cabin in the middle of it and nobody could get near me, that would do it. You know what? That won't do it. Because even creation is feeling the pain of sin. In the middle of my loneliness, I don't think my wife would stay very long, by the way, in that isolation spot. I mean, she likes to be alone, but that might be a bit much. Paul says this, that, look, we can't run from this. It's part of us living in a sin-cursed world, living with the effects of sin on humanity and on creation. Now, we have a hope. (laughs) As Christ followers, we have a hope because God through Jesus Christ, paid the price for sin so that our relationship with God could be made new and right in Christ Jesus. And it gives me peace in the middle of suffering. And I have the ability to be lifted above the suffering that I am in in and live in peace with hope today. Knowing what God has promised in the future, which is eternity with him. But even believers groan. Now, I want to say something right here. And you might know what's coming. This does not give you permission to be a curmudgeon. That is not what he's saying. He's not saying that you can complain all the time. This is not the right for you to spend your life complaining. He's admitting the fact that there is suffering. And we will have to deal with it. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. But here's the wonderful thing, folks. Verses 26 and 27, and this is where I got my title. We have a helper. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Folks, this is so wonderful. This is the part of the message that I wanted to get to. The first part is depressing. It's suffering. It's painful. It's the the result of sin on all of mankind and the world itself. But this is the part that as I read it, I'm like, yes! And you can be the same maybe when you wake up. I love this, folks. Here it is. Look at this. In the same way, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. Folks, I need you to understand how powerful that little phrase is because really, it's an understatement. I don't know why Paul put it this way, but he did. You have to understand that the Holy Spirit, this this Holy Spirit who is our helper, that's the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Hello? Are you there? Is that powerful? Yeah, can you do that? No! That's the Holy Spirit he's talking about. He says, look, you have this helper. You have this one who's there for you, who lives within you. If you're a Christ follower, he's not just showing up once in a while. He indwells. He has made his home in you. That's what Scripture tells us. 
and he lives in you, and he's there constantly, and the scripture says he's our helper. As another word, he's our comforter. And what that means is this, that he's there, and any time that you need help, he's the power to get you through. How many of you know that you're weak? Yeah. How many of you know that you need help? Yeah. It's hard for us to admit that, folks. It's like me this last Thursday when my wife texts and said, hey, would you like a little help? It's hard for me to admit that I need help. I knew that she was busy. She had a lot going on. She's finishing school up. There was a lot going on that day that, that had to happen during the day. But she was offering to help. And folks, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Yes, the Holy Spirit has a lot going on. There's a lot of believers. <laughs> I don't know how all that works. I don't know how he does all that he does. I don't know how God does all that he does, but he does. And here's the deal with that is he offers our help not because he feels obligated to offer his help for us. That's not it. It's because that's who he is. It's his very nature. He's the helper, the comforter. It's not because he feels sorry for you and for me. That's not it. He desires the relationship with us. That's what God says about us and our relationship with God himself. It's not because he felt sorry for us. That's not it. It's because he desired the relationship with us. And the Holy Spirit is the same. You as a believer in Jesus Christ have the Holy Spirit as your helper who is there for you to help you in every situation to offer the hand that you need to make it through. In the middle of our weakness, when we don't know which way should we go, this verse tells us that we don't even know how we should be praying about what we're facing. And the Spirit of God speaks on our behalf. And Jesus himself brings his, our needs before the Father. It's amazing, folks. And as believers, we need to come before him and be honest and say this every day. I'm weak and need your help. I don't even know what I should be asking God. I need your help. I don't even know how this should work out. Oh, I've got a picture in my mind, but it's probably wrong. I need your help. And Scripture says that's who he is. That's his very character. That's what he wants to do is help. Hey, when I said yes to Pam on Thursday helping me, my day changed, just so you know. She showed up. We laughed and we joked and we did the floor and had a great time together. And my step was lighter. My attitude was better. And she's only a person. She's a great person. <laughs> when, the, when we allow the Holy Spirit to be who He is, in us changes everything about us and believers i think often one of the reasons why we struggle so much and why we're so angry and why we complain so much and why we're so ornery and so hard to get along with is because the helper has been offering to help and we re we've refused and we're just miserable because we're trying to do it on our own instead of allowing the helper to do what he does well, this passage of Scripture gives us a promised outcome in verse 28. Let me show you. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according 
to his purpose. The result of the Spirit's work, the result of the Spirit's prayer on our behalf is that the work of God continues the way it's supposed to in my heart and in yours. And the things of God work out for the good of those who believe and follow according to the Spirit's guidance and direction. Notice that we don't get what we want. It's not all in our favor. It's not so we look good. It's not so we live on easy street. But he says he works all things out according to his purpose for the good of God. When we allow the helper to be the helper, when we allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in us, God's will and his purpose is accomplished in us. Do you feel like you could use a little help right now? If you are a Christ follower, you have a helper, the Spirit. He's there and He's ready and willing to help. He will not force Himself on you. He will not force you to take the help. But He offers And when I accept, he steps in and does far more than I ever dreamed. The same way as this week when I said yes to my beautiful wife and said, I'd love your help, I finished the job quicker, in a better attitude, and probably it came out better because she has a better eye to detail than I do. It probably looked better by the end. Because I said, yes, I need the help. How about you? Christ follower, are you willing to accept the helper, the help of the Spirit? He's there. He's waiting. He offers every day of your life, all day long. Will you take the help? Folks, that's really what communion is about. It's saying thank you to God the Father for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, His Son, on the cross so that the Holy Spirit could offer the power and the life that He gives us each and every day. And when we celebrate communion, we're saying thank you. Thank you for realizing and seeing my weakness and being willing to step in in the middle of my weakness and offer me hope, offer me forgiveness, and offer me life. See, the Spirit of God doesn't just want to help us. He wants to bring success to us. He wants to use us to show other people who Jesus Christ is. Communion is one of the ways that we celebrate and are reminded of the goodness of God through Jesus Christ to us. Let me read a couple of verses to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I have received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Paul was letting the believers know that on a regular basis they need to take a, a, a piece of bread and 
and a and a and a cup of juice and and be reminded of the price that was paid for them on the cross that Jesus Christ allowed his perfect body to be broken for them that Jesus Christ was willing to shed his perfect blood to pay the price for sin and that only one who was perfect could pay the price for sin and Jesus did that for you and I and so they instituted the ordination or they instituted the Lord's the Lord's table or the Lord's supper which is a, a regular reminder for us that the price of sin has been paid and we can be free. We can have hope in Jesus Christ. We want to do that this morning. As you came in, you probably got this little packet. It's got a little wafer and the, the juice. And as we sing this next song, I want you to just take a minute and say thank you. Say thank you for the fact that Jesus Christ was willing to pay for your sin. And, and then say thank you for the fact that God loved you so much he sent the helper, the comforter, in your weakness to lift you up, to come alongside and comfort you and give you hope and give you the strength and the ability that you need to walk out the journey of life so that God's will and purpose could be completed in you. Say thank you. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage in Romans and the reminder of the hope that we have. The sufferings are real. The consequence of sin is real. We all face it. We all deal with it every day. But you have promised a helper, a helper, a comfort, in the middle of that, thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and the price that was paid for our sin on the cross. Thank you for that great love that you have for us. Thank you for the encouragement that you are. Thank you for the fact that your Spirit prays on our behalf when we're at, at a loss. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. I pray that you would be pleased as we worship you in communion this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory 